everyone welcome to the podcast and this is the co-host tushar with eugene on this podcast we will be discussing the approach to take towards various things in running as a sport and we will also be discussing couple of things that goes into actual coaching that uh, we use uh, to train an athlete so uh, that's about a quick podcast introduction and uh, i'll quickly give you my introduction who am i and what i exactly do so being an athlete myself i have been educating myself researching and coaching um in the endurance space specifically into triathlons and running and also some part of the fitness uh, from past 5 to 6 years and i have worked with athletes all around the globe I specialize in the movement of the sport and I have always believed that coaching is much much more to do with just the training plan and the socialization aspect of it. So that's about my introduction and I'll quickly hand it over to you Yuji to give you uh, a quick introduction about yourself. Uh thanks Tusha. Hi everyone, so my name is Eugene Lee uh from Singapore. and just to bring forward to the table uh, i come forward with close to more than two decades of experience uh coaching development athletes as well performance athletes both in triathlon as well as in endurance sport um midway through my career i've also ventured into the fitness industry whereby primarily i'm now doing a lot of education and i focus a lot on the applied um sense whereby regardless of whether you're an athlete educator or someone with an interest in endurance sport or movement um that's where i come in so it's really exciting to see all of you here and let's get started with the podcast okay um let's look at the next one so tusha do you want to tell me your thoughts about overcoming obstacles especially on the path towards your running goals yeah so uh that's another good question to discuss about it and um it's uh very interesting to see how to overcome the obstacles that uh follows your running journey there are quite a few challenges that we all face during our long distance running journey and um some of the common challenges to list are maybe the injuries maybe the time constraints and uh, sometimes even a burnout in some cases so let's uh, talk about each of them uh, quickly like how they uh, can be overcome uh, while during on your running journey so uh, basically to keep injuries away from you uh, while during the running uh being very impact sport uh than compared to your cycling and swimming or any other sport uh running has most uh, proportion of getting more uh, frequent injuries so uh, to get rid of this you have to incorporate a good amount of strength good amount of mobility and flexibility workouts and also incorporate different components of strength what i mean by different components of strength is not you go to gym and you just do the basic strength training session that's not enough okay you have to go and be specific with the running movements you have to go with the running specific uh, uh running specific strength then you have to go for the 
balance and coordination, neuromuscular uh, uh, neuromuscular development for your body and these are the all things that you have to combine and along with that you also have to give it a more emphasis on your recovery portion uh, that consists of your nutrition, sleep, uh, whatever you do during the day after your running is also important to keep you away from the injury. So it's on the holistic approach of your entire health, not just your running. Because you are actually running to uh, to work on your health, right? And that is the main emphasis that you should be putting on. And that is how you will get rid of the injuries. Now, let's come to the time constraint. So, time constraint, I have seen many of the people have uh, very much short on time these days. Because, uh, obviously, like... They are working into 9 to 5 jobs, but uh, these days jobs have been demanding a lot and they have uh, to extend their work hours like crazy. So I have seen some people like even working for 15 to 16 hours a day sometimes. <laughs> so that's just crazy. So what I usually do with my athletes is like... Um, Whenever someone uh, works with me, so I have a habit of asking them a series of questions and I understand their lifestyle. So this also can be applied by you. So judge, uh, ask yourself some questions that will actually give you the inputs on uh, what is the time availability, what is the minimum time availability that you can devote to your running training, okay? And uh, then you can decide on your running goals. What that will do is that will not uh, set some unrealistic goal. Because see, if you only can devote 45 minutes per day for your running routine and you are setting a goal of running a maybe marathon or ultra marathon, that's not realistic. And considering you are... Uh, you are a beginner that is not at all realistic right so it's like you need more time to be spent on uh, your running training when you are going for the longer distances uh, it's not like you cannot do it with the lesser volume but yes 45 minutes for a marathon or maybe ultra marathon is not enough for uh, a day so that's one thing so that is how you can tackle uh, for the time constraint. You can also incorporate some of the workouts during your whenever you have a free time. Let's say you have a lunch break. Some people follow this. So you have a lunch break. That time you just get uh, done with your workout. Then go for lunch or sometimes uh, something like that. So you try to fit your workouts whenever in your day that you can do. Okay. It's just like sometimes uh, some things come up like you have an early morning meeting and you cannot go ahead and do your morning workout. Then you just have to see what slot you can assign it during the day and go for uh, doing your workout, finishing your workouts. Because having a meeting in the early morning is not a reason to skip your workout, right? That's not a correct reason to skip your workout because uh, that's uh, what... Uh, we are finding excuses to get rid of it but rather the approach should be how I can fit it but if you cannot fit it that's okay like then you get rid of it like 
that workout is missed and it is okay to completely go with that approach okay so uh, next comes is a burnout uh, burnout is seen very uh, uh, in in the runners who are actually very much uh, following the volumetric training or high volumetric training uh, it's not for each and everyone but high volume training is definitely for certain level of athletes it's not for beginners so if you are a beginner then if you are keeping on doing the volume 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 increasing your mileage and not focusing on required uh, strength and required uh movement abilities of your body which is very much important in the initial stages you are not focusing on the running drills then you will just focus on your mileage of your running which is given by your training plan and then that will over the period is not going to show you any uh gains or maybe even if it is show uh like okay i'm not saying like uh, high volume will not give you the gains but the uh, chances of injuries without uh, without the strength training or the required basic components like the mobility or maybe the different other components uh will be more in terms of that approach okay so what you need to do is uh, you just keep on building the volume volume and uh, there is a burnout in another case also so uh, many of the people i have seen is uh, doing a keep on racing every every alternate weeks or maybe even every month or every two months or something like that but then what i feel is you are not focusing on your training you are just focusing on running the events and that is not why the events are meant for okay so just focus on your training go for a race once in a while it is okay you just go and races are definitely there to keep you motivated races are not meant for you to take part because someone else is taking part from your circle and just go ahead and do it okay so it's like that and uh, you will uh, do the high volume high number of races and it's continuous boring routine that you are going to follow and it is going to burn out at uh, some point of time so uh, basically what i see is uh, uh another point what i will say is this is again i follow when i work with my athletes i uh, usually ask them to sit with me brainstorm and we usually plan their calendar for the entire year but if that is not possible for you because uh, this sometimes is not possible for the recreational runners this is a methodology mostly followed by the professional uh, people so uh, what i will suggest is uh, what you can do is not plan entire year but at least plan next 6 months okay so for the next 6 months how many races are you doing uh, there is one more concept which i am not going to talk about more uh, now but we will be uh, delving into much uh, deeper into some other podcast like uh, prioritizing your races like a b and c races and something so prioritize your races and that will give you much much more clarity than how you train 
uh, how you should be trained and uh, basically how to avoid the burnout because you have the clarity now to basically go ahead and uh, you know what's on your plate for the next six months and you are preparing for that okay in between if you have some races you can definitely go for uh, those uh, but treating them as a low priority races because you have already set one uh, major priority race uh, uh, in within the six months or something like that so this is how I will say that it will help you gain the clarity and also help you uh, get rid of the burnout now uh, these are some of the practical advices to uh, be staying uh, focused and also overcoming the obstacles so these are my thoughts on it so what do you think Eugene on this do you have any points to add that's great input, uh, Tusha. I think uh, one of my personal takeaways from your um, what you just mentioned was really about prioritizing races. Um, this is one common thing we see within the community is that sometimes uh, many athletes tend to get very, very excited and they end up signing up for every race uh, that takes them through every single weekend. And they reach a point that uh, if they don't actually get burnt out, they're actually overwhelmed by the number of races, which uh, can be quite daunting because it's not just a race they're taking uh, part in. It's also the logistics, the travel, the adrenaline, and all the things they need to arrange leading up to a race. So that can actually be pretty stressful as well. So I think that's um, a very good insight from you. Um, I think really to be able to manage all this takes into uh, requires a lot of consideration. And as you also mentioned, uh, with busy corporate guys, especially who already have a lot on their plate, uh, where they have a big job to manage, family and other commitments, having running and to manage running itself uh, is just another. Uh, thing to, to, to put stress on. Um, so again, this is a very uh, personal thoughts. I think uh, for those of you out there who obviously are in this case, one of the ways uh, I think which can look at to help you would be to get help. And this help could be as simple as working uh, to manage your run activities within a group or squad or even a club format. Okay, and if you take it one notch higher, I think uh, working with a coach is going to really uh, bring in more time management skills because a coach is probably going to be able to help advise you what is the best way moving forward. So there you go. Um, that's one of the great points. If you do decide to work with a coach, uh, that's going to help you manage uh, these obstacles. Okay, so let's come to our next question and the next discussion. So, uh, what are your thoughts using that? Uh, what is the psychology of the goal setting in running? What What do you think about it? Uh, that's a good one, Tusha. Um, I think when it comes to psychology, it's actually a very, very huge topic. Um, so fortunately, we're just going to try to stick to the part on goal setting. So, uh, in, in my opinion, I think um, we've already talked a lot about goal setting, the process of goal setting, how to do goal setting. 
Um, when we now look at the psychology of it, I think it's very interesting. And first, it's very important as well to understand um, about self-efficacy. So self-efficacy is, in simple words, uh, I would just term it as self-belief. Now, it's very interesting how us as humans, um, this self-efficacy or self-belief can actually vary depending on the situation, environment, and even possibly during different periods of time. Now, um, I'll give you a very simple example uh, of how self-efficacy can actually be applied, not just in running, but even in everyday tasks. Now, it's very interesting that when you give a simple task to anyone, um, and if it's easily achievable, um, and the person is able to complete the task easily, you actually realize that his self-confidence improves. Now, with time and space, as you slowly increase the difficulty of the task and with the same person being able to progressively complete the task with that progression, you also realize that self-confidence improves. Now, on the contrary, when we set a task which is too difficult and if someone attempts it and he fails the first time and then attempts it again and he fails, there is actually a detrimental effect and this actually affects the person because he feels that he doesn't have the self-confidence and actually his self-confidence starts dropping uh, with more tries. Now, how is this important to us in running or whatsoever? I think it's important because we need to really consider uh, self-efficacy as part of the entire process. Now, when we set our goals, we talk a lot about goals, and we set a goal, and let's give ourselves a very simple one. Uh, if I set myself a goal of being able to um, complete five kilometers, I didn't really put a time, just five kilometers. All I wanted to do is complete five kilometers, and I'm the very first time running 5K. And once I start running and I complete the task, regardless of time, I would say, hey, that's achievable because I am able to run five kilometers continuously without stopping. So I would definitely feel more confident. And so what the next step is, is I probably want to set myself a time. And this is where the tricky part comes in. When we put time and running in, that's where there's obviously a challenge. But the problem lies when you set a goal, which is of course important to challenge yourself. But if it beyond reach and with a number of tries, if that runner doesn't achieve that time, you will be assured that his self-confidence starts to drop. And Tusha just talked about burnout as well. So burnout, don't forget, is not just physical, it's also psychological. When someone keeps trying and trying the same task and is not able to achieve it, or as even as a result, starts to backfire and get slower and slower, it's also a combination of psychological burnout with physical burnout all at in. And at the same time, self-efficacy goes out the door. Hence, how do we actually manage this? It goes back down to goal setting. So it's important, again, to really look deeply into SMART goals because the SMART goals are going to help you really set goals that are achievable, specific, right? And that's the whole idea of doing so. Now, another concept I just want to talk about is about goal orientation. And this again ties in very clearly and very um, closely with self-efficacy. 
So in the previous part, we spoke about setting goals. Now, if your goal tends to be too easy, well, there's no harm. Um, you achieve it, you, you, you're very happy about it, and you say, okay, let's try the next one. And so the ability to set goals is whereby firstly, you want it to challenge yourself, but at the same time, it's very, very important to be able to know that it's actually realistic, okay? And as I mentioned, just what I was saying a couple of minutes ago, if that goal tends to just be too difficult and you start failing and not be able to achieve them, it's definitely going to affect your self-efficacy. Hence, that said, again, no one gets things right entirely on the first try. And so, even with your goals, and if you realize that, hey, maybe the goal I've set is too tough, and it's not because of your discipline or determination, it could be also other factors that affect it, example, your environment, your job, or your family, then it's time to step in and say, yes, I did set a goal, but now it's time for me to manage expectations, and it is perfectly fine to reorientate your goal, and so that you can make it more realistic and even more achievable. Now, the last thing as well, apart from self-efficacy and goal orientation, would be intrinsic motivation. So just a quick recap. We spoke about this, again, uh, high up in this podcast. Intrinsic motivation sits from within. So whatever you want to do, whether it's uh, running every day or running better times or trying to lose weight, it's all from within. So there's a deep burning desire and passion about being able to get out and do what you want to do for running. Now, I'm not going to start talking about intrinsic motivation again on how you're going to achieve it because, as I said, it's intrinsic. But on the contrary, let's now look at what happens when intrinsic motivation starts to go on a decline. Now, this is where runners will then start asking themselves, why am I even doing this? Or if I wake up in the morning and I dread getting out, it's like, Oh man, why have I been doing this? Or even when when training, you start asking yourself, "All oh, this is just ridiculous. I don't see a point of doing this. It's uh, I don't just dread it. I I totally despise it." And then you still you need to take a step back, really, and ask yourself, "Well, what caused this?" And you'll be surprised that this decline again in intrinsic motivation, which is also usually correlated to your passion about running is usually caused over time and it can and usually is affected and influenced by the goals that you have set or not set as well as your own self-efficacy and again it's really situational as well because there are many things going on around your life again could be your job your family and other commitments so now having having understand this tree and what we just covered in the last couple of minutes was we talked about the concepts of self-efficacy, goal orientation, and intrinsic motivation. Uh, let's try to really quickly look at the impact of uh, or the likelihood of achieving one's running goals. So when you now set a goal, um, I have a personal hack that I work with with all athletes um, is that when we set a goal, we go through the SMART process, and once we've determined a goal, we pen it down. Now, we might also want to take into consideration 
and give yourself a buffer in case we don't have the ability to achieve the goal. What would be the next alternative? How much lesser or how much easier would the goal then be modified to? We might even openly talk about that. Okay. On the other spectrum as well, when we set a goal, it's also good to have what we call a stretch goal. And a stretch goal is really trying to push the limit within that time space. And just an example, if let's say if I have a goal that I set of running five kilometers in 30 minutes, okay, and I actually achieve it before the first half of the year. If I had a stretch goal, I might put another one that instead of just only running 5K in 30 minutes, I might want to try to run five kilometers under 28 minutes. So that's a stretch goal. And after that, I try and I try and keep trying until the end of the year. And I never really get down to running under 28 minutes. But that's fine because you've already actually achieved the goal for the year, which is running five kilometers for 30 minutes. But you miss a stretch goal. So it doesn't really matter. That stretch goal could actually in turn be recycled. And that could be actually your new goal for 2024. Okay. Um, so that's all I think it's important. I mean, I'm really coming from an applied perspective of the psychology of goal setting. It's very important, again, for us to understand, uh, especially for many of you out there who are listening to this, is that, uh, again, we don't have to privilege our time and space uh, like a professional athlete. And so it's very important to take into consideration all these factors um, together with the advice from your coach, uh, different insight, and that's how I think we can move forward. What do you think, Tusha? Yeah, so I think that was uh, almost uh, major points, almost covered by Eugene, and quite a good insights. I uh, went around this discussion that I think very important uh, and. Uh, the point that I made from the Eugene's uh, discussion here is uh, having the buffer time. So having the buffer time is very much important when you are setting some goal. Uh, I think uh, he also talked about a stretched goal. So if you reach your goal early in the plan and then what next? So it's just you have to have a backup plan ready. Okay. So that's called a backup plan in your normal layman's term or maybe a buffer plan or buffer time, something kind of it. And it's it's very much important. What I think is um, psychology of goal setting uh, is very much important into running, especially in uh, when you are coming as a beginner into running you have to learn about more and more about it because everything starts from your intent and goal setting what goes into your training what goes into your running it all is the impact of what goals are you setting for your running if your goal is not really uh, up to the mark or maybe i won't say up to the mark is not the correct word but if your goal is not uh, set according to the smart standards or if it is not a realistic one, 
then you will be definitely going to be suffering a burnout or time constraints that we discussed in the last uh, part of this uh, podcast and definitely it starts to uh, starts to demotivate you by losing your confidence as Eugene discussed and that is very much important because uh, what I think is everything is interrelated okay as you set the goals that will make you um, make you much much more uh, disciplined to have a training plan if you are going to be disciplined you will stick to your training plan and that is nothing but uh, taking the action towards your goal each day you take some action it's not like you have some uh, running workouts of let's say 60 minutes and you are able to do today only 30 minutes that's okay sometimes okay but then at least you are doing something towards that goal you are getting out of bed and you are doing something so that's what is counted right it's not what is written in the training plan exact 100% that you need to do that's not uh, like expected so it's just about that uh, stick to 80% of your training plan and that is counted as taking action now these actions on the consistent basis will definitely show up and give you the results okay it's the process if you take action you will get results and that is how you get motivation okay and that is uh, the process to get a motivation but then Another point that Eugene uh, uh, talked about is like intrinsic motivation. So intrinsic motivation definitely comes from within. But you also have to uh, maintain that intrinsic motivation throughout your running journey. Because sometimes there are bad days where uh, you will feel like, okay, uh, what I am doing and I am off... Uh, no ability i i cannot do this workouts i cannot uh, i just failed in your workout but then that time it will help you to basically uh understand you that this is my intent i am okay to fail but i am learning out of this failure and i'm going to implement it further and that is how your intrinsic motivation is going to be maintained right so uh, i think uh the psychology of uh, uh, setting the goal is very much important topic and uh, very much uh, what I will say is undervalued topic uh, as well for the running community which actually is not being emphasized too much uh, but it is definitely very much important so yeah with that I think that's all about my thoughts on psychology of goal setting for running. And so, as a conclusion, we covered the different various obstacles that you will face in your running journey. Do remember, um, any point of time, it always helps me and you take a step back to reflect on this to help you overcome and moving forward. In addition to this, we also covered the psychology of goal setting. And once again, it's very important for you to really go through the entire process which will then be able to help you achieve the necessary success. Once again, do leave a comment if you have any questions. We'll be most happy to have them answered. And if you think that someone else can benefit from this podcast, please go ahead and share this. 
And in our next podcast, we will be exploring goal setting for different types of runners. It's going to be an exciting one. And at the same time, Tusha is going to really dive deep to looking at balancing the lifestyle around running. And it's going to be done in an Indian context. If you are in Pune, then do check out my face-to-face services. And if you are in any other parts of India, I do have online options too. Uh, my services are primarily based on a skill building approach, more of a technique oriented, sports specific strength training, mentorship and coaching, everything else uh, that you can check out. Uh, I do drop a link in the description box. Go ahead and check the available services option that interests you. And let's catch up on the next one.